0: Hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP, and I'm here as always with Father Chuck. Aloha. Um and uh, occasional Matt will will be here uh, soon. I, I promise. I think maybe he should be here. He should be here. This is what we're talking about today. Is is was sort of a uh, an idea that he and I both came up with. that We wanted to talk about. So he should be here. Otherwise, if he's not, woof, he's missing out. Uh, and Chuck has a question. Yes, Chuck. I, I'll, I mean, I'll field I, this I, one. I, I'll field this one, Chuck.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to uh i don't want to potentially jump the gun on what you're doing here, but should we also acknowledge the other member of our of our uh recording session today
0: Oh are you talking about brandon
1: yeah Brandon who's
0: all Olin mills style behind you yeah uh you know we're we're buds uh hanging out just guys being dudes taking pictures together see yeah
1: he's very <laughs> stoic and still I appreciate the fact that he can maintain that level of stillness he's a good listener He's a good listener, do you notice though that on the altar behind him is a little banner that looks kind of like the one very reminiscent of what I've got behind me
0: Oh yeah, which is uh which is <laughs> which what is that
1: Well, I believe that goes I believe that's a sort of orry that um, attaches to the back of a cope oh okay
0: uh, yeah seems... That's like a banner oh okay, I got gotcha. you well it's a it's a dilapidated church. Uh, yeah. possibly from the third act uh, where The Crow, uh, Eric Draven, has this final confrontation with, um, with, uh, what's his, oh, what's his top dollar? Uh, the leader of the gang in Detroit. Uh, yes, Chuck, you have a question?
1: I, I, I've never seen The Crow.
0: Um, I know that.
1: I, uh, I, uh, and I've gone. I've been aware of it for very, very many years because I too have visited a hot topic. But um, his his last name is Draven.
0: Eric Draven,
1: yes. Like,
0: De Raven? Yes. Like that is intentional. Yes.
1: The Raven. Okay, I just wanted to.
0: In the comic book, he actually does not have a name, so they had to come up with one in the movie, and uh, they came up with Eric. There was going to be Eric D Raven, but like, no, let's just put D and Raven together and Draven. Eric Draven.
1: Hey. Okay. And yet, and yet nobody will pick up your scripts.
0: No. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Eric Draven is the coolest name in the world. <clears throat> I mean, I guess in I guess I guess when you're 14 and you The pro
1: and then it introduces you to the world of goth and you discover the poetry of Edgar Allan Poe, and when you start reading The Raven and then it hits you, oh,
0: crow, raven, De raven. Oh, the <laughs> anyway, so The Crow. Check it out. It's, uh, uh, I don't know. I actually don't know where it's streaming. I never bothered to check if it's streaming because I own it right over. I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> well, and at this
1: point, it would actually look like you pull it out of, like, magic because of the... the background
0: you should watch yep. it Chuck I'd be I'd be really interested in your your opinion on the movie I've of course watched it a million times I don't have to watch it I could just recount it right now
1: I feel um, like I feel like this is one of those I feel like this is one of those movies that there's no way that I can watch it with an open mind because through osmosis and exposure like I have I have already made up my mind what kind of movie it is, and I just don't know that I'll
0: ever be able to go into it pure. Um, I still think you would enjoy it. Because there are things that happen in it that I like, I just want to... I, I, I mean, just hit some lines. I mean, the, the dialogue. There are, are, are scenes where he quotes Edgar mm-hmm. Allan Poe. Of course he does. You know? Uh, <laughs> things like that. It's just... you. You have to see it. The world has to know father chucks depending on the crow and we're going to do it on this on this show one day
1: listen i spent i spent a period of time in my life as like a poser goth and <laughs> i i don't know i worry that it's gonna bring up things that i tried to bury <laughs> things that very embarrassing about myself see i uh i watched the matrix and decided that i, I watched the matrix and around that time, I also discovered the cure. And so I decided that, you know, wearing lots of black and all of that was going to be a part of my life. <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, we, we didn't have prom at my school. We had a banquet because it was a super Baptist school. And I, I, maybe your school was like that, too.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. We had the junior okay. senior banquet
1: okay we had a junior senior banquet but we also had something called the eagle banquet which was like our equivalent of prom but everybody could go
0: to that But more patriotic i'm assuming
1: no eagle was our uh, mascot okay all right um but it was always it was funny it was always at the uh at the um oh what is it the so the rosen hotel there in orlando on i drive and um with his position, he makes it seem like you're <laughs> really interested in my story, too. Uh, <laughs> this is very, I like it. Um, but no, so uh, it was a big <clears> deal. <throat> Emery Rosen Hotel. Other schools had their proms right across from us so we could watch people like, actually dancing and enjoying themselves. And we had to the stupid banquet. Anyway, long story short, it was kind of like the Oscars. People like dressed up, right? That was, like, the, that was the only draw is an opportunity to dress up. So I went one year. Black suit. Black dress shirt black silk tie black rimmed glasses with blue lenses <laughs> awesome yeah that's so uh, I'm, i so you know there's there is that there is that little piece inside of me
0: you know if you watch I, it, chuck if you watch uh, the crow specifically for this for our show and we do an episode on the crow i will host it in full crow regalia oh now i'll do it I'll shave the beard, I'll dye my hair, I'll put on the makeup.
1: Oh, that's so tempting I but there's actually a part of me where it would rather
0: yeah
1: you dress like you did when you were into the
0: crow. <laughs> well, that's than dressing like the crow. nothing would go on my face. that is the thing. like it would just be like an audio slave shirt with spiked bracelets and khakis. <laughs> I didn't really go out loud. Like You have to understand, I was still living with my parents <laughs> when, when I was into The Crow. So, like, if I dressed like how I watched The Crow, I <laughs> would probably be disowned. So, I yeah. didn't really, you know. Okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I will. C- and I will consider it now.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> maybe Maybe I'll watch The Crow. As part of, like, our halloween theme episode. Ooh, that'd be cool.
0: And then I could be that one guy who shows up dressed as the crow at the Halloween party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, reminds me of that great photo of the woman who showed up at the Halloween party
0: dressed up as the Babadook and Uh, no one else was dressed up. Yeah. Great (laughs) photo. That is good. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. I wish we could talk more about the crow, but we can't. Uh, We actually do have a topic. Um... EDM,
1: right? We're
0: talking about EDM. I'll <laughs> we'll try to dance music. Okay, so so um I guess the best way to sort of introduce this topic is to you know, it's kind of like two stories, my there's my side of it and Matt's side of it and how it just sort of converged. Um and I'll, I'll just get into it. I uh, I learned recently about uh what's known as on the internet as EDC. And EDC stands for Everyday Carry, and uh, I guess it's it's mostly centered around communities online who share what they carry with them on their person every day, um, and so and and uh, so it's it's what's interesting about it is that like I th- I think like I just I actually found the subreddit years ago. But years ago it was very different it was just like a way to kind of see like a window into people's lives you know like oh this person is a journalist so what do they carry what like what's in their pocket and you'd see like a press pass or something and like a camera and like, you know a, a notepad whatever I don't know I'm, I'm like describing like a 1940s like Clark Kent like <laughs> <laughs> like he has a hat with this has his press on it you know uh <laughs> um and or and, you know different uh, uh different occupations and stuff um but what's interesting about it is that like it's evolved so much over the years and it's sort of clashed with other we'll say demographics instead of subcultures <laughs> uh, that there's 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 sort of like a uniform to edc now and what these people do is they go on reddit And they take out the stuff that's in their pockets, supposedly. I'm pretty sure most of this is, like, pre-planned, you know, for Internet points. They kind of, you know, uh, spread them out in sort of a minimalist, kind of very uh, 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 photogenic way. Like, you know, you've got your objects all lined up, and you take a picture, and you share it. What's interesting is that, like, from what used to be a very diverse set of, of like things you find in people's pockets has become very homogeneous and that it consists of um these days a knife usually a folder knife uh, a flashlight like a t- like a little flashlight and um a wallet because it's usually men doing this uh and sometimes not often a leatherman yeah. I like the have you seen the leatherman bracelet I have and it looks it looks really uncomfortable it's like a, it looks like a bike chain yeah <laughs> is not that what it's called the leatherman chain or something
1: yeah it's a cool idea
0: yeah that's interesting probably good better for like if you're like a welder or something <laughs> like if you're you know if you like like climb skysc- skyscrapers for a living or whatever
1: it doesn't know. really work if you're a priest
0: no probably not
1: <laughs> Could have bless someone like jab their eye out with like a
0: screwdriver. <laughs> comes in handy in a fight probably um but what's interesting is kind of how i got into this recently is that because of the pandemic i felt very unprepared when it when it yeah. happened and i definitely went like tried to go shopping looking for supplies and like there wasn't there you know there was like no supplies anywhere i couldn't find hand sanitizer i couldn't find um all kinds of you know uh you know disinfectant sprays and stuff that i really needed um Masks, forget about it. And once that had happened, I started looking looking into like the prepping community, um, which was a big mistake. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was interested at first, but I started watching like Doomsday Preppers on Netflix because there's episodes of it uh, on it there, and I really didn't like it. Not just because they're crazy, which they are, um, but also I found that. It's very. It's they they don't seem to be con, really concerned about actually being prepared for anything. I'm sure they've convinced themselves of that. But it's 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 just another part of consumer culture, right? Like here's a community I can be a part of, and if I buy all this stuff, I'll be this person in that community, and I can show it off and get social capital for it, right? Right. And um, also, I, I kind of I didn't like, you know. And this is the leftist in me: that the prepping community is all about like taking care of me and mine in a disaster or something goes south. It's not about like helping your community or the people around you, and you right. can only let people inside if like they have something that they can do for you. And that's just like I don't. That's I'm ideologically opposed to that kind of thinking.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's um, it's basically. Um, what's-his-face from Fury Road?
0: Oh, right, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, Immerton, Immortan
1: Joe? Joe yeah, basically right? Immortan he, Joe, right? Because he controls right. the water supply, and so therefore he only doles it out when you've got something to benefit him.
0: Exactly. And so I, I kind of just stopped looking at it, but I was also kind of stuck sort of with the channels that they use to kind of stock up. And these things, kind of, you know, YouTube, I'm talking like YouTube channels, places on Reddit, blogs mm-hmm. and websites and stuff where they sell all these supplies. Jim and, Baker. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Baker's, yeah. Uh huh. That's that's a good that's, yeah. With his his buckets, his survival buckets, bucket, which can be used uh, to store food, can be used as as a stool to sit on and as toilets. Because that's what we need. That is what we need. <laughs> It's so funny, Jim. That's exactly how Jim Baker advertises them on, on his show. By the way, he does mention, "Yeah, you you can poop in these, man. That's great." <laughs> <laughs> um, but and that, and but getting then that's how I got more into like EDC. Like I, I kind of started to think, like I need to be more prepared. I need I need a bunch of stuff to be a person, and well. There's, I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it a little bit, but at the same time, I do like, when I go out now because of the pandemic, I have a lot of things I have, I need with me. Like my mask, I carry hand sanitizer and a bunch of other stuff that I just kind of get tired of carrying in my pockets. I don't like pockets anymore because <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to lose everything. So now I use my, my Indiana Jones bag to carry stuff in.
1: Well, what it comes down to is silhouette, right? Like, yeah. you know, you want to, you don't. It's not a good silhouette to have like bulky stuff sticking out. Yeah. Right. It's also and also like, like your pants
0: are falling down because of it, you know. It's...
1: Yeah, like the cargo pants, right? Like, you know, we all did the cargo shorts, cargo pants thing for a while, but right when you put stuff in your cargo pants, like it just pulls them down.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, I, it's, it's a, I don't hate it. There are things I see in it where I'm like. I don't think I should be doing that because I feel like I I feel very consumerist, if that makes any sense. Like very Mm. like, oh, I need things I need. I need materials to be happy. But at the same time, like I do need some things, (laughs) you know, like we live in a weird time now where it's like I I, I carry around a stylus when I go shopping, if I'm shopping with a card Um, so I don't have to touch the, you know, the touch screens and stuff um. And uh, and that's what we were going to talk about. And the funny thing is, and it's actually funny We came up while well, we were talking about this episode a few days ago. We came up with a name for for the EDC crowd, which is pocket preppers. Which, I mean, that might be the name of this episode, pocket preppers. Um, because it's like it's so weird, like what it's so strange when you look. You, you go seriously, go to that subreddit. It's just r slash EDC, and it's it's just another. It's just photos and photos and photos of like knife wallet flashlight like (laughs) it it doesn't matter what job it is knife wallet flashlight um but i want a knife wallet flashlight (laughs) combo. i do i have an amazon list that's full of knives um (laughs) and people are gonna think like you're crazy and i'm like no i just really like these knives they all have different options um what are you gonna use it for i don't know uh uh, boxes you could open boxes with it. <laughs>
1: hey, mate! You I'm never know. Handy, you know. I mean, when I you know the when I hooked that when I hooked that softshell turtle that one time, it would have been really helpful to to have had that to cut the line off of it instead yeah. of. And see, you're a surfer. Of you
0: can, you're a surfer. You can strap a knife to your thigh. You know, like to no, your no, shin, no. like like those Navy seals used to do. Right.
1: No. I mean, if if I want to get. That's actually an interesting question. Like nobody would do that, but like if I were to get dropped in on, like, would anybody actually Because like, that's normally like what people do when you look like a kook out in the water. Like, who's not going to take you seriously and drop in on
0: you? But do they <laughs> drop
1: in on the guy with the dive knife on his leg? <laughs> I don't know. I have a dive knife. There you
0: go. Do it. Is it made by Mora by any chance?
1: I don't know. I got it when I was when I when I was when I took scuba diving lessons because they yeah. told me that I had to have one because it's a helpful tool while you're scuba diving.
0: Yeah well what's interesting about this story is that I got really into it I became really into all the communities and all of all, all of uh, like I'm, I'm an EDC expert at this point okay um mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's both because it's it's kind of funny and also because there's some cool stuff I like that I probably want and hey you know what? living in a country you do need a knife I can't tell you what you're going to need it for but there have been moments where it's like well I really need a knife right now um or like a screwdriver those are two things I've always needed that I just never have on me um but uh, what's interesting about it is I found out there's also this bag that I really want called a commuter pack, and it's made by an independent company that gets all their funding through crowdfunding on Indiegogo. And I was talking to Matt one day. I don't know how it came up, but I was telling him about like how I kind of ran to this EDC community and telling him about these knives and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I was telling him how, like, useful, how I, I need a bag now. To carry things whenever i go out because of the pandemic and he's like yeah there's this bag i really want called the commuter pack and i was like oh my gosh from funk street outfitters and he's like yeah how'd you hear about that i'm like oh i've been following progress for months and apparently <laughs> matt has been like waiting for this bag to come out for like two years and like i just i just found out about it <laughs> and then we started talking about like all the gear we want and have well matt has more gear than me of course because he has right. like a stable life i don't um <laughs> All, all my edc gear is like junk um but yeah so but like right but like
1: but you think about like stuff that you like you know a leatherman and things like that knives is it useful for you like for like you know trimming leaves and stems and
0: <laughs> right oh, well no i actually have uh a very specific kind of uh, i call them nippers um you have a very specific set of tools i do <laughs> yeah i mean the, 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 it's it's have the, the blade has to be slightly curved and they have to be sort of needle pointed and, yeah, it's. I can't I use a Leatherman. The
1: the, right, they use those same kinds of things in like um like, uh, aquaculture, like with aquarium bonsai and, and stuff. I know you talked
0: about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, there actually are bonsai tools I want to start using instead of the ones I use now because they seem way more comfortable and way more precise.
1: hmm See, I, like like I've been saying for years, Japanese things are just better.
0: They are. They are, and like I've I've gone to YouTube channels where people cut weed, and they use like these really cool like Japanese scissors, with
1: mm-hmm. that have like
0: big loops on them and stuff, and they're like, oh yeah, curved. I I need one of those totally
1: because they think things through. Oh, I know. Like so, this pencil. This is a Japanese. This is a Kurutoga Yeah, pencil. It's a great writing utensil because on its point, you look if you can look real closely in the mechanics there. Uh huh there's like, see if I can get this. I'm trying to get it. There we go. If You look, there's like these little grooves in there. And what it does is as you write, it spins and it gradually lengthens the lead, the lead, the lead so that every time you press down and write, it lengthens the lead just a little bit. So you never have too much or too little lead. That's amazing. I need it. Yeah. It's from (laughs) Uniball. I, uh, I got it. Um, well we, we on Amazon Prime is a great little show called Prime Japan yeah there's an episode on Japanese design and they showed this pencil and Kane and I were like we have to get this and so we Kana <laughs> tracked them down and ordered them and then now here in Hawaii you can buy them at like various Japanese office supply stores that we have here but um, yeah it's a great tool that's awesome I want one and you can also get them with like Studio Ghibli characters on them now ooh
0: nice teaser um, yeah but yeah so that's that's basically my story and like how i got into edc and how i i've i've reined it in like i used to spend like an hour just researching pins like an hour an hour looking into flashlights because like i do have particular the only pin you ever need i know but like the fisher space pins are pretty cool too mm-hmm. right like you know you know what those are no, Fisher Space Pens. They're modeled on the pens that astronauts take into space. Oh
1: yeah, did you write upside down? Yeah, that's cool. There's a whole Seinfeld episode about this.
0: <laughs> there is. I think that's how I heard about it.
1: <laughs> uh, <coughs> no, I I am an absolute purist when it comes to the Pilot G2 is the only pen worth anything. Though I made a mistake, and this is the uh, fine. I like the extra fine. The yeah. the point sixty eight. This is the O five. But it's a versatile pen. Good for writing. Good for drawing.
0: Love it. I have a, I have a pen gear. Well, it's because of Randomly Eric Draven. That, yeah. I have a pen gear, which I think is supposed to be in the style of a Pilot G2, because it's...
1: Yeah, it is. The, it's sort of the Rose Art version of it, yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Like I said, I'm, I'm very poor. Um, but... But yeah, I, like I said, I've reined it in since then. But what's what's kind of fascinating to me about it is that like all this stuff, like I definitely now have spreadsheets. of oh, like things oh. I want to buy. Um, but what's interesting, what's fascinating to oh, let's get a little a little guy. Do you know what this is? Is that a laser pointer?
1: I found this, I found this like in my desk at my last church, and I've hung on to it because it's so darn cool. So it lights up. Yeah. Ooh, but funny.
0: look at this, look at this,
1: So like the barbasol can here. You got Dods in here showing you how it works. Um, <laughs> I'm gotta start squeezing. Open it up and it comes loaded with screwdriver bits.
0: That's amazing.
1: That fit into the tip that you can also light up. But I have to screw the thing back on. But they all store in the little holes in the back there. It's awesome and it's yeah it's it's an awesome little i know we're not really talking about the meaning of edc we're just showing off products now well i
0: know and i'm doing it now too um this is my stylus that i carry with me when i go to grocery stores and stuff so that i don't touch the credit card machines right
1: Use your knuckle
0: do they not clean (laughs) them
1: in 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 oklahoma
0: i mean probably but i'm not taking any chances oh because here they like go nuts I mean, I don't know if you heard the news about Oklahoma. I think I sent you an article about it and how, like, our governor hid information from us. Oh, that's true. Um, but this is my stylus. Uh, it's, it's got, like, uh, a little ruler on the side. Has mm-hmm. a has a level right there. Oh, that's nice. Of course, it's also a pen that you can twist. And I've had this thing for, like, two years, and I just noticed the other day that on the stylus end, you can unscrew the top. Phillips head oh there you go and you can take out the Phillips head there's a magnet inside, on the other side and then you got a standard flat head nice bam it's pretty
1: I've awesome I've got my uh, I've got my Sensu brush stylus oh. you know about this thing no it works on an iPad so it's it, this is before the Apple Pencil came out so okay. it's really not but uh, it's got your standard stylus but Ooh. put it together and it's got a brush. Ooh, fancy. And the brush is actually sensitive to the screen, and so you can actually, yeah. like, draw and paint with it.
0: I'm telling you right now, if you show that to Matt, he's, he's going to buy it right away. Because he does love to use, use the iPad Pro.
1: Well, but if he has an iPad Pro, he uses, the, uh,
0: he uses the Apple Pencil, which is way better than this thing. Yeah, but that has a brush. He'd probably be into the brush, is what I'm saying.
1: Okay. That's pretty the, cool. The, get the hairs to do their
0: thing. Um yeah uh so what oh. i what what, what i oh, go ahead go ahead what you, what you were going to say
1: well i would say i mean if you know eventually i think we should just probably just own up to the fact that we all do have our own crap to carry and we can show off stuff but yeah but this is because this is a topic i'm fascinated by I, if, I about a year and a half ago or so on my instagram account i don't know if you saw i was doing a thing like every thursday i was trying to show off theology tools because like I'm so fascinated by the tools that people use for their craft, yeah. right? Like I love learning about the different lenses that you know cinematographers use, and you know that just that kind of specialized knowledge. And I love when people share that. I follow just a ton of surfboard shapers and carpenters and stuff on on Instagram to learn. And so I thought about you know what does a what does what does a what does a preacher or a theological worker use? What are their tools? Like what are my tools? Hmm. Um, and, um, and so like I started kind of thinking that through. And so, you know, so I have like a bunch of things that I, you know, I do carry stuff with me every day, but then I have like my tools and, you know, and I'm very particular about what I use to do the work that I feel called to do. And on top of that, depending on my work as like a priest, like I, there are things I carry, you know, um, like when I'm in my black robe in my pockets, there are items that are always in those pockets cause I need them. You know, um, so like, I don't know. It's it's a it's a fascinating topic, and so like this, like I've I've never been to the Reddit thread that you're talking about, but it is such a. But I have seen over the years. You know, I remember the the trend of people showing like their pocket contents, yeah, and 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 all of that, and that and that, that's all part of this thing. Just fascinates me about you know, and I and it, it's it's frustrating that it's now become its own thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so now it's become homogenized. rather than insight
0: into what, like, different people use for their craft. And I have a theory for how it became homogenized. And this is where I wish Matt were were here, because he would probably back me up. Um, I think that EDC is probably most applicable to people in law enforcement and military. And I think that law enforcement and military, like, their EDC is homogenous. Like, mm-hmm. every cop should probably have the same set of tools. Probably the same for, like, soldiers and stuff. And and the EDC subreddit, there's a lot of cops. <laughs> there's a lot of cops, a lot of uh, military folk. Um, and I think that's why it became so... And, and that's another thing where there's also sort of a... Demographic that's forming around that kind of homogenization, where it's like, like law enforcement and military with like bro culture on the internet, to where like yeah. now it's like manly to have a bag with Molly on it. Molly, if you don't know, is like the the black straps
1: that you yeah, see yeah. like
0: on bags and stuff that you can like put pouches on and like carabiners and things like which that, which makes it tactical exactly or, or as i like to call it tactical <laughs> which is the <laughs> which is the uh the uh, the the consumer the consumerist side of tac- tactical but we now have like we have tactical belts we have see here's here's the thing that, that i hated about looking for looking at flashlights i don't need a tactical flashlight and yet they're all tactical flashlights like all the good ones they're all advertises tactical fra- flashlights with the ridges on them you can use to stab somebody or something i don't know um let's get, get a mag light mag-light. yeah but those are chunky and heavy i have a little blue mag light yeah. yeah okay <laughs> maybe i'm going i want a lot of a candle it's oh nice Oh, there's a lot of flashlights i want i'm will prob- probably get a mag i actually would like to get like a classic you know like a big <laughs> mag like just I down. have that I have like the one that you use for like
1: you pulling someone over
0: yeah like security guards used to carry like in the 80s yeah. like <laughs> i got I've
1: got that one yeah nice
0: um but you he... my bishop when I was ordained <laughs> um but like I think that's an interesting thing that's happened is that uh now there is sort of a like like a like a men's style of like having a purse now when like if, well... if you saw a dude with a with the with the you know a satchel you'd be like oh, a man purse now it's like Oh no! This is my tactical satchel, right? Like, <laughs> it's got a lot like, of this, yeah, yeah. Even though you and I did the satchel before, it was like became cool to do it, not to sound like a hipster, which we kind of are. But
1: yeah, I I was definitely a fan of the messenger bag all throughout yeah college. Yeah, me too. And um and then my my bag, which I don't have I don't have it here, but the bag that I used all through college was this really old school North Face bag that um like north face from like the 70s or 80s yeah uh, sweet that i was using i loved that bag um yeah i i the thing is where this where this kind of stuff gets to me is i i have like a bag fetish
0: yeah <laughs> i love bags i'm kind of the same way i do too
1: um i'm always you know I, for a while i was always looking for like a
0: new bag just a bag for every occasion
1: yeah and like, but now I've kind of hit the part in my life where I realize I've I have all the bags I need. Yeah, because I, I have a good hiking bag, I have.
0: What's your hiking like have, bag? Huh? What's your hiking bag?
1: Well, I have a day pack, and then I have my overnight, you know, like my
0: overnight <laughs> pack, like hardcore
1: pack, but like the one that I bought, um, the one that I could use for like overnight type stuff. It's a fast pack, fast packing bag, but it's uh from Osprey. Both of my bags are from Osprey. Cause okay. I think they're,
0: Osprey's cool. Yeah. They make well because the vented back is is the thing. Um, you should look into Mystery Ranch bags; those are really cool.
1: Okay. They've been has, around
0: for as long as Osprey.
1: Okay, I just love Osprey's design. Like they're just really, they seem really thoughtful. Um, but I'll have to check out Mystery Ranch. But yeah, we. Um, but then my my uh, my day bag is a yellow, is a yellow Osprey backpack that has um, both of them have you know spots for the hydro flask thing or not hydro flask for the uh, water bladder you know Camelback style oh yeah 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 thing. We bought. We actually bought my yellow one for Disney because we were constantly lugging around water bottles, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Well, why don't we just get, you know, a big, you know, one and a half liter bladder? I'll just carry that in a backpack, so that we just <laughs> don't have
0: to carry a bunch of water bottles and deal with water bottles through Disney." No, that's good. That's good thinking, man. Yeah, I would do that, and I, I like those those style of bags. They're nice and slim because uh, Camelback started just selling bags too, and like not just water bladder bags right full-on backpacks and those are pretty cool too yeah and osprey makes their own water bottle now
1: water bladder really yeah it's designed to go with their bag and it's great that's
0: cool see that's Uh, the thing like you and me we're into bags we're also into camping and hiking
1: mm -hmm. there's
0: some overlap there right
1: (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah like with my i mean my camping stuff pretty much stays packed and ready to go at any time
0: right yeah and uh
1: um, and we bought, we bought little Osprey bags for the boys So that they have their own They carry their own water bottle now And you know a few things um, And then we're looking we're, we're, probably, we're looking into maybe getting the Osprey one for carrying a baby Yeah nice. um, Just because it's the lightest of all of them we've, we've done a ton of research into all the you,
0: Baby backpacks And that's the lightest one Okay that's cool Do you have a bug out bag? A bug out bag? Yeah Do you know what a bug like, out bag is?
1: Like a bag that's ready to go in case like I need to leave. Yeah. Or yeah, go out and go... go
0: into the wilderness and and, and hide from the from, from Antifa.
1: No, I don't have a bag. <laughs> I mean, could I assemble one within an hour? Totally. Yeah. That's good. Cool. But I I've never been that kind of paranoid to like keep something ready to go. I mean, maybe I should. I mean I have I will say Kana Kana does keep all of our like important paperwork in a Carry, like a carry file folder thing so that like if there's a fire we grab it and go and it's like okay. kept out of place you know that kind of thing
0: but see that's that's the real see the bug out bag thing to me that's another holdover from prepper culture uh, to me is just another like consumerist this is my expensive bag with all my expensive products and I'm in this community and I have a, it allows me to have this amount of social capital these people will never use these bags right what Kana has done, and I recommend everyone listening to do the exact same thing. I have one as well. Um, like, that is actual bug out, right? Like, an emergency, like, we have to run. Like, if you have to go to an emergency, you're not going to need, like, a, I don't know, like a, like a gas mask, probably, right? Like, right. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe now because of the pandemic, but, um, but I don't know. That's just another thing that I, that's, that's part of the EDC prepper kind of crossovers is the bug out bag and um it, it's just it's it's so i i used to think they were kind of cool but now it's like it just seems so useless i don't think you would ever be in a position to ever use any of that It just seems like a waste of money
1: yeah well and it's also it, it, it enters into this very interesting psychological place right and philosophical place of because in my experience, the people who have those sorts of things are also very self-proclaimed patriots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which very much fascinates me because why are you... You're so supportive of a government, but you're also ready to, like, take it on. Yeah. It's a very weird thing
0: it is and it's i I did a little research into this and what we know as this sort of culture of preppers and preparedness used to be known as survivalism right and uh a great movie that makes fun of it and uses it to great uh comedic and exciting effect is a little movie called tremors um (laughs) because the best character is a survivalist And like every line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth is hilarious because it's all about like, because, you know, it's it's Bert. Right. He has all the guns, him and Reba McIntyre. They have all the guns and like totally prepared to live out in the middle of nowhere. And they're always talking about like like uh, communism and the government and stuff. So it, it dates back to that, like Cold War era paranoia. Right. When people were buying bomb shelters and stuff.
1: Yeah, basically, like they were afraid of Red Dawn.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what else? And I found this out in my research. Or research, you know what else pop up popped up around that time? Self defense culture,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: where people had to learn uh, how to protect themselves, either through martial arts or a concealed weapon.
1: You know, I never thought about this. I never thought about the like sort of indirect connection between. Karate Kid in the Cold War.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's there, mm-hmm. and there were. I mean, like you know. I mean, gun culture is is embedded in American society, right? Like, there's always been a time where Americans have owned guns, but the whole culture around owning a gun on your person at all times—it's a fairly new thing, right? Right, and, and because like, there was a time where it's like, oh, you could. I mean, if you're a farmer, sure. But, like, if you live in New York or if, like, you live in, like, a suburb, you know, those those reskies are out there, buddy.
1: Yeah. There, I mean, there was that time, right, where – I mean, I think about, like, my grandfather's
0: generation where it was just, like,
1: you're a man. You need to own a gun. Yeah. Right? Like, you just need to have it
0: in case you, you – know, You just put it in the, the – you buy a shotgun, you put it in the closet, right? Right. <laughs> a right. double-barrel Remington from 1920s and just, like, well, leave it in the I
1: closet. Mean, yeah. I mean, I had – I, I was briefly, I guess, an illegal gun owner. Do you? I don't know if you remember <laughs> when we lived together. I had a, I had a rifle. I didn't know that. Um, it was an antique rifle. It was like maybe I did. Like, I just remember. It's this my grandfather's antique rifle that my when my grandmother or when he like around the time my grandmother died, she was like, your granddaddy wanted you to have this. I'm like, okay. Um, it didn't fire. Like it had there was it was it, there was it didn't work. Um, really beautiful woodworking and metalworking on it. Turned out that it wasn't like my grandmother was like, Oh, it's, this is your granddaddy's childhood rival. He used to hunt squirrels with this thing. And I'm looking, I'm like, I know that my grandfather came from dirt poverty. There's no way he owned a gun this night. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. And it turned out that my, my grandfather's brother, my uncle Austin, um, he was involved in the uh, like after VE in Germany, he went to Berlin. And so he was part of the group of people that were, confiscating all the weapons from all the rifles from, from the German citizenry. Hmm. And among them was this aristocrat who had this, you know, beautiful, you know, metal worked, you know, intricately carved in the stock, um, rifle. And when they, you know, my, my, my grandfather's brother found it and was like, Oh, my brother chuckle like this. And so he, uh, he, he, you know, got permission to take it and brought it back to the States. And he just gave it to my grandfather. And My grandfather was sort of like, thanks. And I never saw this guy was never like proudly displayed in the home or anything <laughs> until like it did not emerge until after my grandfather died. My grandmother's like here. And I'm like, thanks, Nene. <laughs> um, yeah. But and then I I gave we, my mom and I got rid of you know, gave it to a gun collector. It was just sort of like here. Um, like, I don't want to <laughs> deal with all the, you know, we had to deal with all the you know, paperwork stuff, but, um, but yeah, like, but like, but that's a very different culture from what we see today with guns, which is, oh yeah. So rooted in this paranoia that, well, let's be honest
0: because it's an industry.
1: Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, let's be honest. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of people of color. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Antifa is code for black and brown people. Well, taken over, I, mean, right?
0: I, I mean, I mean, I, well, I, as someone who is embedded on this side of the culture, they will say, "Yeah, we need to protect ourselves from from Black Lives Matter protesters because yeah. they're going to burn burn our houses down." Right. But it's Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They're like they're they're working together in conjunction. Is how they're being perceived. Of as. course, they are
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's and that's the element within this whole. What,
0: but you're you know, right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's dog whistling. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's very weird. And and these things all start, like you said, they're starting to kind of connect together um, of, you know, because that's, that, that's really, you know, when I think of, when I think of the prepper, the survivalist prepper people, I think of white dudes who are hiding out in the woods, afraid of black America coming for them. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I associate this with. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, essentially, it is that sort of stereotype of, like, you know, the person who wants to live out in the middle of nowhere because they, because they have some John Wayne idealized figure in their heads, even though it I, is par, also part of a deep-rooted fear, of, just a fear of society, the conservative fear, right?
1: But I wonder, too, the, the other side of this is, like, the protester culture.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing I wanted to touch on, because I think the culture is changing because of 2020, because I mean, go ahead and say what you want to say.
1: Well, because I when I, I you know, I, I went to a Black Lives Matter protest here in Hawaii and um, and like even I was like thinking about stuff like because I'd read stuff online about the protest. You know, they're saying things like make your signs out of plywood so that you have like an item to bat to your gas canisters back at. You know, right. or it's like a shield. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking about stuff like that. And I was you know, I almost brought like I have a respirator that I use for making surfboards. And I thought about like bringing that in the event of, you know, something going down. Yeah. Um, and I had read all this stuff. And there's definitely like this prepper mindset mm-hmm. to like the protest movement stuff to people who are like really into protesting. right? Because they, they're carrying gas masks. They're carrying umbrellas. They're carrying. Um, you know again signs made out of sturdier materials
0: oh well yeah like there's infographics on like what a what a typical you know a Hong Kong a protester had had on them when they were doing their protest right, right. that I think yeah. a lot of people are starting to model after as well during all. yeah these. yeah
2: yeah
1: well because they're they're they like on um, they were networking because they their their advice and stuff that they were doing wound up communicating with the BLM protesters. Mm-hmm during the george floyd protest there, there was a connect there was some going back and forth with them like yeah. that was a yeah, I kinda, that. um and um you know and so there's a there's a very that, that's a very like you know mili- somewhat militaristic mindset because you're preparing yourself for war i mean what happened it's at at st john's lafayette i mean right every, yeah. every
0: picture looked like a war zone mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's it comes from uh sense of destabilization yeah because at that point you do have to start relying on yourself and your community around you instead of like target or what's being marketed to you right To start thinking about like okay i'm not gonna have someone holding my hand i need to figure out on my own like what am i gonna need
1: here's another piece to this that i'm if you allow me to sort of introduce a thought yeah um because this was a thought that occurred to me when i was you know i participated in the black lives matter protest as a as like a as a clergy person, that's why I did it. Yeah. Right. I wanted to show that the church was, was there, um, found out by the way, um, from some evangelicals that I know here, they, young evangelical couple told me that they were really surprised and, and glad that I was out cause they went to the protests and they said, we don't know of any pastors of our, from our side of things that wow. participated. And they were like, we didn't, you know, and so I was out in my black dress. Like I was very publicly a priest. Hmm. At this protest, and um, got a lot of people who are just very grateful, like we're glad you're here. Um, you know, and masks and the whole things we had to do. But like I like I said, I really thought about bringing stuff in case things went down. But then I thought, and this was the intro- the idea I want to introduce. I thought of, you know, when Jesus sends out the seventy, he says, you know, carry no bag, no purse, one pair of sandals. You know, only clothes on your back. Right? Don't you know? Don't go basically prepared you know, basically go into the world, you know, vulnerable, really, um, you know, and he says, you know, when you go into and he's, you know, he's not sending them out down the block, he's sending them, you know, to other throughout cities. Yeah, yeah. And, and he says, you know, he's sitting all throughout Galilee to different cities, you know, they're, they're probably gone for weeks. And he says, you know, when you go into a city, find who's worthy there and, you know, let and let them put you up and whatever they, whatever they offer to feed you, eat it, you know? <laughs> um, so there's this element. So it's, it's, I guess what's kind of interesting to me about this, why I bring it up is because, right a lot of the uh, there's a stereotype element I think to uh, that I think it's fair to make about some of these more tactical type pocket prepper type yeah. folks that they probably skew toward the white Protestant Christian side of things yes um, and it's interesting that because I grew up to church with people like this so that's why I think that you know you know, right. but Jesus very pointedly tells his followers, like, "Don't prep,
2: hmm.
1: right? You know, like, be spiritually prepared, but don't be so over reliant on the things of the world in order to get you through this stuff, right? Like, go into the world being vulnerable, willing to accept whatever people are willing to give you, you know. And so, I'm, I'm that's that's I think that's an interesting idea."
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because it it but um, kind of going in with with, with nothing on on you, um, you're kind of making yourself more approachable. I think, especially if you're going into more impoverished areas, right? Right. Like, I mean, if you're gonna go, let's say you're gonna go to like help a world real, really like a like a leper colony or something you're not going to show up in like your best robes right with like a sword (laughs) you know you want to come like just what you what you've got right just to kind of it kind of shows like you're not hiding anything you're not trying to start anything yeah well it's yeah
1: it's almost like the buddhist monk right you know the when you're when you are ordained or whatever it is as a buddhist monk whatever the language is for that the thing they give you is a sign not only do you get your robe your habit Yeah. But they give you an empty bowl. Hmm. Interesting. And that bowl is for begging. And that's it symbolizes that, you know, whatever's put in the bowl is what you use. So if somebody Mm -hmm. scoops food and puts it in the bowl, that's the food you eat. If somebody puts money in the bowl, then you use the money to, you know, help poor acquire food for yourself or whatever. Right. But you survive off of that. So it's like you have your robes and your bowl. Right. That's it. right? Right. And in like in Christian culture, you know, the. Christianity went through a spirit, a period of time where once it became the official religion of the Roman Empire, it, it, it became very politically influential. And one could argue that we're still dealing with the ramifications of that moment, um, in Christian history, but that led to people like St. Anthony, the hermit to flee the cities because he felt that the church had been too comfortable with power, too comfortable with affluence, too comfortable with ephemera yeah. and he went and set himself up as a hermit in the desert with nothing. And so this, the church found this, this spiritual renewal through people getting rid of everything and living in the desert or living in the wilderness with nothing. Right. You know, sort of subjected to whatever they could, they could acquire. And even, even then, like if they, you know, saw that people had too many books on their shelf, they were considered living ostentatiously because the money could be sold and the, and the money given to the, the book could be sold and and the money given to the poor. Um, I was just an interesting, to me, it's an interesting thing, right? That we've got this certain segment of at least Christian culture that embraces this idea of being prepared Right. when
0: the founder of the faith is like, don't be. Which is funny because it just brings up there's another community that's being cultivated online that's like the polar opposite of, you know, EDC preparedness prepping that's minimalism
1: right yeah how to live with as
0: little as possible yeah which you know i which could be argued sort of sprout up you know coming from millennials growing up in a post-recession world right where we had to kind of like you know we had we had to like i think i think millennials are going to be sort of known for being more minimalist than extravagant because they're growing up in that kind of culture. And like, I mean, I don't know. I think like Dana Carvey even said like in his stand up that like I like millennials because they're all about like living small and working small.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like you're OK with just riding a bike to work. You don't need the yeah. BMW.
1: I will say there was an interesting thing that was brought up in the beginning stage of this pandemic, which was that the pandemic, re- the, the pandemic sort of revealed that minimalism or at least that kind of minimalism that people have been living with is its own type of affluence. Yeah, that's probably true. Because you can afford to not have supplies. Right. Like you. And so. But it's like based on this idea that. Right. Like the the axiom of the. What's his name? Um, Josh. So Kane is really into minimalism. you wouldn't you wouldn't know it from our house because our boys <laughs> seem to accumulate things and leave them everywhere, um, but um, but uh, Josh whatever his name is he was on Rob Bell's podcast anyway he um, he's sort of the godfather of the movement and his one of his axiom is like you know if you can get it if you can get it if you can replace an item in twenty minutes or for twenty dollars you should be able to get rid of it right and. That you know, you think about it. Twenty bucks means a lot to a poor person. Is it Joshua Becker? That's it, Becker. Thank you. I really wanted to say Josh Groban for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Joshua Becker. Um, And you think about it though, like twenty bucks, twenty minutes. If you're poor, those are yeah. That's that's not that's not something you have. You know, the ability to if you're working two to three jobs and.
0: Because, yeah, and you know, minimalism is another place that has a subreddit where people post pictures of their minimalist homes, yeah. you know, and it's, again, it's another way to, you know, accumulate the social capital, right. aka that's why I'm internet a, points.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm kind of, I think that the better mentality is like enough, right? right. And that's going to be, that's going to be subjective. Enough, enough is not something that you, you can't really create a culture around enough,
0: Right. We're gonna
1: start it. <laughs> yeah, like let me post a photo online of like, look at this. Like,
0: this is a normal guy's house. Like, it's just a normal house. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's sort of the, the norm core version of all this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: right. Like enough. You know, you gotta. You know, enough. Right. And then that. And that also raises this. Yeah, you because know, you can't really build status around enough, right? Because with the yeah. the concept of enough, then raises the deal about what people who don't have enough. Yeah. And so, how do you? right? Because like minimalism, right? Like the idea is like, well, anybody can be minimalist, right? Like right. the homeless guy is minimalist. Yeah, yeah. I will say the minimalism thing is something I did struggle with a little bit when I was, uh, when I was working at a church full of homeless people in Washington DC really? because I started, I, I had this conversation with a homeless guy once. I, um, I wasn't, I wasn't hungry. Like they have a breakfast and we, uh, we were expected to sort of grab a plate of food and, uh, and uh, eat, have breakfast with the homeless folks. And so I um, one morning, I just wasn't feeling all that hungry. So I was like, I'll just grab a cup of coffee and sit with some guys. And so I just grabbed a cup of coffee and I sat down at the table. And this guy across from me was like, you don't got no food? And I said, I just wasn't feeling it today. I just wanted some coffee. And he was like, well, you could at least got the plate of food and shared it with us. Hmm. And I was like, and that's when I started to think about, oh, you know, the fact that I could choose to not have a meal right now. Right. was sort of its own type of privilege. And it was its own, it was a bizarre own form of selfishness too. Hmm. Because it was like, well, this is all I need.
2: There yeah, wasn't exactly. much
1: thought about what these guys need. Which gets back to the point you were making about the whole prepper
0: culture. And, and uh, preparedness, preppers, that's even starting to spread a little within the leftist communities. But what's interesting about it is they're trying to figure out how to make it available to the community and not just me because that's what's going to differentiate them the two cultures right two subcultures right um and and that's interesting because there are leftist gun cultures and they definitely say like buy as as many guns as you want these are the six guns you should have also you should be lending them out to your neighbors (laughs) instead of like don't let anyone take them you know for, for when, when the revolution comes, you and your neighbors will all be armed.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you think about right. Like, that, there's a there's almost like there's an element to like almost like what you saw like street gangs do in places like Compton and stuff in the '80s, and '90s, oh, right? Yeah. Where where being a gang was partly due to the fact that if the police showed up, it was to abuse power it wasn't you know just to respond to a bad right so there's idea a lot of the street gangs started as a way to like you know sort of look after their community and take care of their community right of course right. you know will, will to power and other things get involved with that and it becomes a much more ugly situation but when you look at like you know, neighborhoods that are largely either that are either abused or or ignored by the police that mindset of what what we have to do what we have to do to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Like, like, you know, like, like Tupac says in, in changes, right. We got to do what we got to do to survive. Right. We got to, you know, look after each other. Um, and so like, I'm, so I get that. I mean, I get that. I, I still, I have, I have issues as a, as a, as a pacifist with the idea of, any kind of gun ownership,
0: it sort of feels like. Yeah, well, I, I'm using guns as pack. an example.
1: You're quitting, you're quitting smoking, but you keep a pack in the closet just in case. Like that, there's something, <laughs> you know, defeatist about that. But
0: well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm using guns. This is sort of an example. There's also, I mean, like, yeah,
1: like you said, it's a whole other conversation.
0: Yeah, there, there's uh If you are interested, by the way, you're listening, you interested. There is a great blog called um, The Prepared, and it is about sort of that sort of preparedness, but it's not like a crazy right wing these are not insane people and trust me i've i've been all over this culture for the past few months i know who the crazies are i know who the normals are and they're the prepared is cool because it's all about how to uh be prepared but also prepared for the people around you like your neighbors and stuff like the, there's whole articles on how to like pickle things <laughs> you know like yeah. how to make pickled foods and stuff or, or like how to store grains and things like that and it's all again it's not so you can survive; it's so that your community survives. Whatever. Well, and
1: happens. this is right, and this is right. This is. I've been kind of thinking a lot lately, ever since the pandemic, about how this sort of stuff has exposed the problems inherent with our with our industrialized society, and oh,
0: yeah, yeah, there's how, not enough
1: stuff. Yeah, well, and like how our how our agrarian agri- agrarian society in some ways was better. Because in an agrarian society or, you know, pre, I mean, you could even have it in an urban society too. It doesn't have to be agrarian, but like in a, you know, sort of pre-industrial or whatever society, you know, the idea that you would, that you would share, like you would pickle a bunch of stuff and share it with your neighbors, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's like, I've been really exposed to how, how I just don't have those muscles, you know, since I moved here because you know, Hawaii is a very sharing culture. Yeah. And it's a very it's gift giving and reciprocate and, and reciprocative culture. And I'm still trying to get into that rhythm. But like we have we live in a duplex. And so our neighbors who are this young couple, they don't have a lot of money and live next door to us. And they regularly like they come from the grocery store and they're like, oh, hey, we saw this stuff and thought your boys might like it. Here you go. Here's some <laughs> like sweets for your kids or, you know, Swiss. we thought of you. We know how much you like you know, papaya. So here's some extra papaya for you or or whatever. And like A lot of people, when it comes to fruit and stuff, they don't buy it in the grocery store because their neighbors have fruit trees and they share their fruit with each other. And, you know, so it's it's very interesting coming from a very, you know, very materialistic. It's very anarchist in a way. Yeah. Well, and that's the kind of anarchy that I think I'm very attracted to is the communitarian anarchy. Yeah. you know, basically like this idea, like uh, communitarian politics, by the way, is something I find very fascinating. I've been very interested in them for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, as opposed to libertarian politics, which holds up the individual as a sovereign entity. Right. You know, the sovereignty of a community, I think, is is a much better approach to it. Absolutely.
0: Um, I, I agree. Um,
1: and so. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, there is a communitarian blog. They they, le- they lean a little right from time to time, but there is a communitarian blog called Front Porch Republic, that's kind of interesting. (laughs) Uh, Nice. But,
0: Um, but yeah. um, I think we're kind of getting to the the end of it, but I I have an interesting point I want to make that we haven't brought up yet, which is that um, I've noticed, like I said, I have spreadsheets of stuff that I want. (laughs) You know? And a lot of that comes with just me, like, I, it's... I don't really have a lot, to be honest. I live with my parents and my aunt and my uncle on our farm. Um, So, like, a lot of... When I say I have spreadsheets of stuff I want... It's actually, like, pretty basic stuff that, like, an individual would own if they had their own home. So, like, don't think I'm being, like, some, like, you know, window shopper. I need all the best fancy stuff. That's definitely not who I am at all. Um, But, like I said, I have spreadsheets of stuff. And I found out all of this by just doing... By going to subreddits, by going to YouTube channels, by going to uh, blogs, whatever, and the thing that I realized for all of us is that like commercials are obsolete now, because mm-hmm. I like it's almost as if like I advertised to myself, <laughs> like I assessed like what my needs are, demand, aka demand, and I went looking for the supply.
2: Hmm.
0: And yeah. I just think it's really interesting because, like, we're, we now – I think we now advertise to each other. That's what the the future of the internet is. And, like, all yeah, these YouTube channels I mouth. find and stuff, it's all basically, like, infomercials.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's, – it's, it's, it's rooted in word of mouth
0: yeah. anymore, um, which I think is
1: healthier. I mean, I don't like – like, I really get annoyed when I see, you know, ad partnerships with, you know, corporate sponsorships with, like, Instagram accounts and, like – Right. You know, and I see, like, when – but, like – there's a there's an Instagram account I really like called Middle Class Fancy. But they have a sponsorship with Bud Light, and Bud Light puts the worst comments that's like so cloying and insistent and really obviously fine. trying, you know. But like that whole thing of, you know, brands are not your friends, right? Like there's yeah. there's that piece that's annoying. But um but I think of um well like so there was a story recently about this woman who plays like a character for AT&T commercials. She's sort of like the
0: flow of mm-hmm. AT&T commercials. Yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know here. what she I know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know so her, her name, but
1: Yeah, I saw the story about it and I'm in, and and I because there was like a it was like it was on my news app and it was there because she's apparently been dealing with like very like sexual comments made at her.
0: Yeah, I have heard of that, yeah.
1: People like fetishizing her character and stuff. Mhm and and i saw like again,
0: it would get which would like, happen to flow
1: right but it was like cbs news like a major news organization like reporting on this and it's, I always just like curious i'm like oh, okay i'm like who is this because this was a thing for me it was like who is this <laughs> and it mentioned that her she's her character first showed up in at commercials in 2013 and i realized that i had no idea who this person was I had never seen this character, I'd never seen a single commercial with this person. That's because in 2013, Kana and I made the decision that we would do away with cable and we would only do and we would only do paid streaming platforms. And especially like we and we budgeted to make sure that we could afford them so that we could pay for them and not have to see ads. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I have not seen a television commercial really <laughs> since 2013. <laughs> and i'm not and i'm and we're and i'm not that not rare of anything. a person right a lot of people are doing this now right yeah. and i have ad blo- you know i've mentioned the podcast where i have like ad blockers and all kinds of stuff on my on my computers and so like i think you're right like we've sort of realized that commercials and advertising it's just annoying it doesn't work mm-hmm. and especially since we've tried to turn tv commercials into their own form of entertainment yeah you know, because I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've received, I've had a question being asked of me from someone who's like, "Hey, you ever see this commercial?" As though it's like a pop, like a pop culture reference, right? And I always feel like I, I'm like, "Oh no, I haven't seen that one," because I don't want to be smug, being like, "Well,
0: I don't remember television
1: cable back in 2013, <laughs> and I haven't seen a commercial in 20 years." Yeah. You know,
0: it's. Um, I saw that on a dating profile recently, by the way. I I like, I don't think I've ever been more turned off in my life. Someone put in a dating profile that I was looking at that they don't own a television. And I was like, oh, I just shut up. Oh, those people. There have always been those people. It is not 2006 anymore. Come on. That's unimpressive anymore. <laughs>
1: well, and, and that was impressive in like 99. Yeah. Right? When you had must C T V right? Yeah. It almost makes me think of – because it's like I don't own a TV, but I have a phone. Right? <laughs> yeah. I have a computer. Like it, it kind of makes me – it kind of makes me think of uh, the character of Kunu in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah. where he's, like, telling telling Peter, like, they're out in the water, and he's, like – and he's, like, yeah, I haven't – he's, like, I don't I, – I, I was, like, I stopped wearing a watch as soon as I moved here. And he's, like, <laughs> oh, wow, man. Like, and he's, like, yeah, my phone has, like, the little, like, clock
0: on it. <laughs> oh, God, I love um, Kunu. <laughs> so um, – <clears throat> Well, it's funny because even though there's no um, – even though, like I said, the advertising did really – help me accumulate the stuff that i need um, it doesn't stop corporations from trying to oh, of course. to market and i think what's hilarious about how edc has evolved from people just sharing what's in their pockets and where you kind of and you just like oh that's just like what that's what an engineer carries or that's what a journalist carries to this homogenized edc because of you know law enforcement and military cultures sort of you know finding their place there now we have e d c companies mm-hmm. selling e d c products we have e d c knives. It's not just a regular flashlight it's an e d c flashlight. It's not just I'll a regular 100%. wallet it's an e d c wallet which this is all a wallet to use. <laughs> it's not just a regular bag it's an e d c bag and now, my favorite thing to come out of it it has all accumulated to one product that I have to own, and that is the e d c holster <laughs> You've show me this thing that's the thing that like
1: holds like pepper spray it holds and, like...
0: it holds it holds the the knife it holds the flashlight and I think like I mean they all, they all come different kinds but it mostly is like for like like pin flashlight and knife I think <laughs> and I think that's probably gonna be the the photo for this episode is the the picture of the EDC holster because <laughs> uh JP wants one we should that's like that's I... the modern day pocket protector right yeah <laughs>
1: We should put, what we should do is you, me, and Matt should all like do, we should, we should do an EDC photo of the stuff we carry and put that on our Instagram. That'd
0: be fun. I do have, I mean, I could do that. Like, I do have stuff I carry with me every day now. It's just not very, like, there's not an Olight flashlight in there or anything. I have my, my Walmart flashlight. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm,
1: I mean, I've got, you know, I've got my, I've my got status. my, uh, well, I've got my, I've got my briefcase that I carry my stuff in, but I've also got my, uh, I've got my I've got a fanny pack that I wear as a sling. Heck yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's the thing. Like how how the words have changed. It's not a fanny pack anymore. It's a sling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my wife calls it a merse.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> that's what they call it when, I, you, uh, when a guy with the messenger bag had a man purse. No, it's a satchel.
1: Well, it's like okay, so so. Here we go. I'm gonna give you a little little of my own EDC thing here.
0: Okay, cool. Go all for right, it. all right.
1: So this is my. This is my Herschel briefcase.
0: Which is cool. I like Herschel. That's a cool company.
1: So this, you know, not to be not to be the hipster before it was cool kind of person, but I did acquire this before they were selling Herschel stuff in like Nordstrom. Yeah. But I'm actually not like, ooh gross, everybody gets it. I actually think that it's great that a very well-made product is now becoming very popular and so many of the kids at the high school I used to work at had Herschel backpacks. But um, but now I got this back and they were still an online-only manufacturer um but i bought this you know one because i love cobalt blue it's one of my favorite colors and it's got cool red stripe detailing in there it's got a laptop bag it's got a special ipad slot that's got like you know microfiber to protect it it's got you know all the little
0: zippers and you know (sighs) that's what i like i like bags Um, that are organized not like just an open black hole
1: but here's right but here's that's – what, that's what I love about it. It's a well-designed, well-made bag, really yeah. thought through. But the biggest selling point to me for this bag was this pocket right there. Nice. <laughs> so I could put my phone in it. Yeah. And I did that because phones started getting so big, and I didn't like having the big old block on my thigh. And I was also concerned about, like, radiation and stuff, having it, like, constantly in contact with my body. yeah. So I thought about well, I'll just start keeping it in my briefcase instead of carrying it with me everywhere, um, you know. And I'm not, you know, if, whatever. And so, um, and so I got the bag for that, and then you know, so I just goes in my car, and because you know, any more cars have Bluetooth connectivity, so I don't even have to bring the phone out for anything. It's just Sweet. all you know contained. Yeah. Then on top of that, in my line of work, I carry so many keys, yeah, <laughs> just so many keys, and so like I hate one the bulge of keys. Yeah. On your thigh, but also like walking and hearing the rattle. I mean, you, you remember me in college. I, I was the guy with the carabiner with my keys on my belt loop. Yeah. And I used to tuck it into my back pocket so you didn't have to hear the 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 rattle of keys. <laughs> and so like, you know, so the bag is mostly for that kind of thing. So now I've shrunk that all down to my, to my fanny pack satchel thing where, you know, I keep my wallet in there. Because also I was concerned about like back pain from having too thick of a wallet. So I have a nice thin Herschel wallet. You gotta look uh, into the key bar. I've seen the key bar.
0: Yeah. That's 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 an EDC classic right there, the key bar. Yeah.
1: Um But uh but yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's what gets me is first of all, this is totally us men experiencing what they've done to women for oh, decades.
0: Totally, yes. I, I agree with that one hundred percent.
1: Right, because like for you know, they were like Because what do they do to women, right? They're like, we're going to give you clothes, but no pockets. Accessorize. But we're going to expect you to have to carry a bunch of junk with you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and some of it's by virtue of, you know, like biology, right? You got to carry, you know, feminine products, right? Um, But then, of course, makeup became a thing. You got to carry your makeup with you. And then you got to have money and you've got to have, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. you know, I remember my mom always having, you know, this big purse. And of course, it went to, you know, mom, mom's got candy in there and she's got, you know, all kinds of stuff she can pull out. So like women a daily, have a been, daily planner, perhaps daily, women have been like prepped. Right. Because their purse allows them to always be prepared. Right. And so like that's like the whole thing. Mama is always prepared. Mom's always got something in her purse. Right. Like Tons your, of
0: tissues just filled to the brim of tissues. Right? Loose tissues
1: <laughs> Right And so like You know And then But then How how hilarious is patriarchy Where we then made fun of that Yeah Like If a man tried to be like What I just want to be like, oh, you a purse." Oh you've got a purse Seinfeld also has a whole episode About the man purse The merce Yeah And You know Or the European carryall As they call it <laughs> Yeah um, <laughs> And um, You know And so like So we've mocked people for this But then somewhere along the way We were like Actually
0: yeah. makes a lot of sense.
1: And do you know who did it?
0: Who? The
1: Japanese.
0: <laughs> you think so?
1: Japanese, seriously, because the people that I've always seen, all the men that I've always seen carrying like little bags and stuff have always been like Chinese, Japanese, Korean people, hmm. right? And, I, and, I, and I'm saying the Japanese specifically because of the amount of rail travel that is involved in Japan.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. People
1: use trains so much that it just seems logical to me that that Japanese men would be the ones who came up with the idea of, well, I got to carry a bunch of stuff because I'm going to be on the train and walking around town and stuff. So I need to have stuff on me. And so and right, in China, the- they're all
0: bicycling they started- everywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sure. And trying to bike, and you know, and like initially the fanny pack, but then they started cross body wearing the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. And when I would go to Disney, that's who I would see with all kinds of cool little bags with just like, just the, just enough,
2: yeah. just
1: enough. Right. Getting back to that was always the Japanese tourists. And like I followed this one dude around at Epcot because I was trying to figure out where his bag gave me the coolest bag and I could never get the label, figure out who it was, and I I'm so upset that I didn't find out what that bag was, because it was the coolest bag I've ever seen.
0: Um That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You
1: should have just asked him. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. I that bag bit. of rules. Can I take a picture of it? It was like three or four years ago. I was very insecure about this sort of stuff. It's all right. Yeah, you know, now I wouldn't care, but Yeah. Anyway. I've got I, my I got my Uniqlo. My Uniqlo purse now, and my key on my my key on my Kia is you know it's a wireless entry car, so I just have to keep the bag on me. I open the car, put my phone in it, keep my wallet in it. I gotta and that, just to show, I'm a I'm a dad of a young of an eight week old baby at this point. I've got I've got a diaper in there. I've got wipes. Oh, yeah. I've got my mask because that's the other thing, right? The masks. I've also got a spare mask in the event that. Like.
0: That's good. Yeah. I, I uh, can I show you one of my my, my prize possessions. Sure, uh, my hand sanitizer. I actually it was I bought I bought a big bottle of hand sanitizer when there was like you couldn't buy it anywhere, because a local dispensary made their own hand sanitizer and started selling yeah. it locally, and um, but the funny mm-hmm. thing is because it came from a, a whiskey dispensary, it came in a plastic whiskey bottle, <laughs> <laughs> and so like applying liquid hand sanitizer it's it's not it's not like the gel it's just like like water basically right. so applying it'd be like it, it looked like I was in like if I did it in the car it looked like I was about to like take, take a swig of whiskey and just like poured it on my hands that became a that became a, a hassle so I went to Walmart and I bought a uh, a spray bottle as you see here and I I just fill it every now and then and it's nice little little spray little spray of hand sanitizer and it smells it's so funny because d- dispensary hand sanitizer it smells like rum like I mean, it has a buttery alcohol smell to it <laughs> i mean it's better
1: it's be- i mean they're they're they're. It probably got residual from the old alcohol in there but it's also basically just like overproof
0: booze yeah well it also has hydrogen peroxide in it so you can't drink it right so don't do that but uh no i mean that's this little thing that's I mean, I, I, it was the happiest day of my life when I did this. By the way, like I felt so, I felt so clever. <laughs> I'm like, take that, COVID. So there here's mine. Here it is. Uh, is um,
1: you know, I've got so things I've got. I got a spare band for my watch. There you go. So that because you know, being where I'm at, I can just throw one of those surfboards in my car and go to the beach, and that way I have a waterproof band for my watch because. I can swatch out the band. Yeah. Um, just so many keys. Just so <laughs> many keys. Just so many. A pen and my hand sanitizer, which is Episcopal Church branded.
0: Nice. Okay. Holy uh, hand
1: sanitizer. And then uh, it's It's like got some kind of perfume in it. I'm not a huge fan of it, but you know, when I need it, I need it. But no, you, you showed the thing you're most proud so, of. You showed the thing you're most proud of. Here's what I'm proud of. My... Diocese of Southeast Florida branded metal reusable straws. Oh. I've got my straight one. I've got my curved one. <laughs> and this one I'm really proud of. I just bought it the other day. My boba straw.
0: <laughs> that's amazing.
1: And I have and I have all the cleaners so I can rinse them out. Oh
0: that's great. That's so good. Now see now I want those straws. Yeah, I gotta get some of those.
1: Three bucks for the metal boba straw,
0: um,
1: and uh, I don't currently have it in here. I just realized, but I also um, I also have a little kit that has fork, knife, spoon, and chopsticks. Ooh! That goes in a package that I can keep That's
0: in cool. here so that I can have utensils anytime I need them. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna do some Instagram posts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wish Matt were here because, you know, he really wanted to talk about this subject because... This was like, his idea. I know. I mean, yeah, and he had the... He has the... He finally got the bag that he and I were talking about, and I want it so bad. And I was wanting him to show it off because I wanted to see it. The commuter pack, it looks great. Uh, it has, like, a little hole between one of the mo- modular pockets on the outside of the bag. So, like, you can put a power bank in there and hook your okay. phone up to it through through the 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 wall of the bag, it's so cool, and it there comes is... with the it comes with a third like a, a second strap that you can use if you're like actually commuting, you know, so like it doesn't fall right whenever you're on your bike.
1: Super yeah, cool. my, I mean, I had a I had an Osprey messenger bag that had that
0: nice, um, um, but yeah, I want it so bad, but yeah, uh, I... no, he didn't make it. So is there any there's 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 something just so satisfying about a well-designed product. Totally. Yes, right. especially ones that like last forever. Right. Which is so yeah, rare. Now. Like
1: like the thought of like the thought of right, again like designing a pouch that has little holes so that you can run a power bank. Yeah. Like just that little those kinds of little touches. Right? Like on this on this Herschel bag, the fact that there is a little pouch big enough for a phone.
2: Yeah.
1: And it doesn't stick out, it goes all the way in. Like that's <laughs> such a great little It is great. Great little detail you know I love it I love it
0: cool. well I th- we've I think we've reached the end and um, we have unfortunately Matt's going to be here which means the next episode he has a lot to say <laughs> We should probably give him a little spot to kind of tell his little piece because he has an interesting take on it too since he's law enforcement um, did I just get a right there he is <laughs> he just messaged us on signal oh I didn't get it yet
1: <clears throat> by the way. Shout out to Signal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're hackers now, apparently, right? We're, we've gone underground. We're off oh the grid, gosh. off the digital us grid. Us and
1: Melania Trump, apparently. Huh? I said us and Melania Trump.
0: Oh, is she on there, too? That's cool. We well, should... there was a big
1: deal about the fact that, just I saw yesterday, that there was a, uh, a story about they found that she was using private email servers oh. mm. and everything, including using, communicating with people on Signal. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Her, what about her emails huh yeah for real Ugh, don't get me started dude <laughs> um uh okay so well that's about it i want to thank uh father chuck for being here you're welcome and uh to everybody else thank you so much for listening and watching be sure to like subscribe do all that stuff join us again next time have a wonderful week good journey good journey <laughs>